Hi, my name is Phil Metzger, and in 1992, I moved to Moscow, Russia. From there, I lived in the beautiful Central European country of Hungary, where my family and I spent the next 20 years living, learning, and sharing about Jesus. Different foods, culture, and language, but underneath it all, we discovered the most amazing people. We learned that to share the gospel effectively, we had to adjust. We had to cross cultures. Now we're back in the U.S. and we're discovering that this country is a melting pot of culture. This show is committed to helping Christians connect to those who think, believe, and live differently than them. This is Crossing Cultures. All right, thanks for joining us on this episode of Crossing Cultures podcast. And our goal is, and we state it all the time, is to help Christians to learn how to communicate and to connect to people who may live, think, and believe differently than they do. And we have been talking uh, with our friend Michelle Sullivan on a, such an important conversation. Um, if you have not watched the first half of this conversation, then please pause, stop what you're listening to or watching right now, go back and do that, and then pick up on this one. I want to invite Michelle back on, so so glad that you could be with us. And of course, I'm joined by my incredibly special and beautiful guest, host, uh, my wife, Joy. So Joy, thanks for doing this with me as well. And um, so let's just jump right into it. You know, I've been talking in the past about the idea of ethnocentrism, right? I see my my world is my norm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been comparing that. Often you hear that word in connection to race issues, you know. So if I see someone who's different than me, I my initial reaction, we're told, is fear. Mm -hmm. Because I don't understand the verbiage, the language, the the way that they carry themselves, you know, they've grown up in a different neighborhood than me and I let fear, and this is why we see all that kind of Karen stuff all the time that we, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm afraid because I don't know who you are and how you are. And, but this is an important conversation that we're having because we haven't yet connected this beyond like into the area of, we have a, a, a great amount of people in our world who bring so much to us, but are very much under, Valued. Uh, valued and under, like, spoken about. I don't know what the right yeah. word is, but we don't hear enough about this. And so that's why I'm so glad that um, you're out there advocating. Yes. We <laughs> and, need it. We need it. It's not only for Eli and for these, it's for us. We need to learn that. We need to be changed, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. Like, um, you know, one thing I think of, you know, the abortion rate is so high, you know, mm -hmm. for Down syndrome. And I think it's just because mm -hmm. people are afraid and they don't understand exactly. and mm -hmm. they think that by having a child with Down syndrome that their life is going to somehow now be a deficit or mm -hmm. you know things are going to be taken away from them and I just can't express how much that's just so far from the truth that Eli I mean I started the hashtag for him Eli enhances my life I mean he <laughs> literally has added to my life exactly. he has changed me he has you know, cause me to grow and be a better person. And I think people just don't understand that. And they just yeah. are so afraid. And, you know, like, I'll, I'll quickly share a story. Um, yeah. I was sitting with the Lord. It wasn't that long ago. It was probably a few years after his open heart surgery. <clears throat> and I remember I was just kind of sitting with him and I was like, gosh, you know, we prayed so much for you to heal his heart. Like we prayed, you know, like we had people lay hands on my belly and we mm -hmm. just, we prayed so much for his physical healing. And I was just kind of like, Lord, why, why didn't you heal his heart? And I remember so clearly the Lord was like, I did heal a heart. It was yours. <laughs> and I was like, 
oh <laughs> just like oh my gosh like everything right there yeah yeah it's just like oh my gosh like okay yeah. okay then it was worth it it was yes. worth it all because you know like as hard as that was to walk through and, and hand my son over to surgeons mm. and just you know having to completely surrender wow. everything to you lord like it mm -hmm. it's all worth it it's all wow. worth it and so just like you know, I think so many people miss out on yes. opportunities for God to change their heart because they're just afraid. Yes. You know, and I think right. that's what it boils down to. It's just yeah. so, there's just so much fear yes. in the unknown and, and the uncomfortable. Yeah. When you, you said something earlier that I like in the very beginning that was like, it just kind of struck me when you said it's discrimination mm -hmm. even before he's born. Mm. Yeah. And I, 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 I've never heard it expressed quite like that. No. But that's discrimination 100%. in its purest form. You should get rid of this problem. Right. And um, I think that's something that I'm so thankful that you, I'm sure you express it that way a lot. And I'm glad to hear that because, you know, we're hearing a lot about our need to stop discriminating, you yeah. know, and obviously that like uh, aggressive or that kind of obvious discrimination is what we all think about. But that's probably not our biggest problem. Mm. Most of us aren't walking around like, I want to discriminate today. Yeah. But we might be, right? And yeah. that, I mean, to think of that, like from before he was born, Eli was being discriminated mm. against. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful reality. And to encourage parents that they don't need to let that kind of fear or discrimination dictate their decision making. Yeah. Um, that's a powerful thing. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Definitely. And being willing to continue to learn. I mean, it's like what you said. I mean, fear is such a huge factor, but I think a lot of times discrimination, and it's, I'm not excusing discrimination in any way, shape, or form, but it does come from a lack of knowledge so often, so often not yeah. taking the time to learn and understanding whether it's just cultural things that we've just like, well, that's all I've ever known. I've only known one person in my neighborhood who had disability and they were X, Y, and Z or whatever our experiences may mm -hmm. be. And we're not willing to continue to develop and grow and keep pressing and having people in our life to, to, to actually, my son is like this or my daughter is like this. And actually I'm not that stereotype or whatever it is, like being willing to continue to, to broaden and learn and, de and develop our understanding of mm -hmm. special needs, people different than us. And, there's just so much more education. And I think that these conversations provide that. Like we just providing like conversation. Let's just let's yeah. just bring it to just the to table talk and let's talk it, it out. Because yeah. we don't have the answers. I know for myself, even meeting with um, people that I love so much with disability and I can feel very intimidated because I don't feel like I have the tools sometimes to know what is the best um, way where I'm not um, condescending or I'm not treating them like a baby or I'm not talking um, in a way that is disrespectful. But sometimes I don't know the best way to um, give them their dignity, mm -hmm. you know, and I have many people in my life and I'm so thankful for that, that God's brought in my, into my life over the course of my the years of people with different disabilities and the way I talk and respond to one friend is totally different. And that's the case in all of my friends. Right. So right. why wouldn't it be that case? And just giving more opportunity, bringing more. Um, oh, I'm curious, like, what do you have? Yeah. To, like, what would you say to that, Michelle? Because I think it is a, it's a thing, whether it should be is not 
we're, I mean, it just is. Right. Like, how, 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 how do people push past that? Or how, how would you encourage people to push that? And obviously it changes with age. We're, we're the difference between like talking to an adult or a teenager or a two-year-old. We all, we all speak differently to it. Seven now. And seven. now Eli's seven. So yeah. how, what would you say to that? How would you encourage people or, or challenge us in that? Yeah. So for me, I remember one of the first thoughts I had when we got his diagnosis was I was, I was terrified of Mm -hmm. adults with Down syndrome. I, and I was like, okay, but I have to push past this Mm -hmm. and I have to figure out a way (laughs) to get over my fear. And, you know, I have social anxiety with typical people. (laughs) And so, and I, you know, like I was saying earlier, like I was never really exposed to people with disabilities growing up at a private school. And then later I went, I did go to a public school, you know, but they were all, you know, shuffled off into the back room. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I really didn't have any experience in my life, you know, in conversing with people with disabilities. And so I forced myself to go to things like buddy walks and just walk up. And I just like, I had to get over my fear. And obviously like after my first couple of conversations, I was like, this was a silly fear, but you don't know what you don't know. And so I had to get over my fear. And so now one of my favorite things to do is talk to people with down adults with down syndrome, you know? And so I think just like exposing yourself intentionally, intentionally Mm. going after people that are different than you and asking them to coffee or, you know, just going to events where there's people that are different than you. My daughter she really got involved with a, um, ASL after Eli was born. Mm-hmm. We thought he was deaf. That's another story. Okay. <laughs> and so one of the coolest things was we would go to these events with deaf people and it was just so cool to like be able to communicate with them. And um, one of the things my daughter did that was so cool is there was a guy there that was deaf and blind. Wow. And so she would sign into his hand and he wow. would sign into hers. And it was just like, it was just Beautiful. such a cool thing to be like, Eli has like been able to expose us to so many cool people that we wouldn't have been exposed to before, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think like just people like, you know, if you're listening and you've never been exposed to someone that's different, like ask yourself why, and then, you know, take a stand and and do Mm -hmm. something about it. Start, Mm -hmm. um, you know, going after people that are different than you and and Mm -hmm. open your world, you know, it's, I love kind of like that. what you were saying earlier, Joy, just like, you know, if we're just surrounding ourselves with people that are just like us, we live in a very small world. Yes. And so yes. just open yourself up. It's just, it's so much better out there. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I love that. I love that I love so that much. heart. And I know that that's our, that. our prayer and that's something that we are praying that God would continue to make our church and, you know, our little community, an an inviting atmosphere, a place where families, a place where people with disability would feel welcome. And that with that said, that we would continue to be learning, but also provide an atmosphere where people are willing to take that posture of, of being teachable. And that means our Sunday school teachers. And that means our, you know, our ushers or people like that to know we need to learn. We need to be kind of trained, you know, and how do we do this? And, and it 
it and it's going to be maybe messy and, and like you said, uncomfortable. But for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of relationship, it's worth it. We need to push ourselves there. And, and I would even say like I, I know a lot of people saying, you know, in their church context, like, oh, we want to be inviting and opening, you know. But then practically, but it's practically, not really that way on multiple levels. Yes. You know, it's like it's kind of like the tagline for a website, but not <laughs> the reality. Mm. And I think that I think you guys have both hit on something that um, is so meaningful. And that is like, we have to be willing. And I think this is the essence of the gospel. I have to be uncomfortable. Mm. The very message of the gospel is that like, I'm broken. Yeah. And until I can accept that, there's not, there's no salvation until I can acknowledge that the uncomfortableness of my own guilt. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to like realize that like, and that's what I think, I think like in church we can try so hard. And I think in schools or in life, we try so hard to keep a maintained balance of everything's good. Everything's comfortable. Everything works. Mm. We have to force out of that is what I hear you both saying yeah. to be uncomfortable. And so I want church to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's a, a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, when it, when, especially when we're talking about what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, now I have a question, because you're talking about um, talking to, you know, getting uncomfortable, talking to adults with Down syndrome, how that was something that you feared before, because you were a part of my mm-hmm. favorite show. Yes. Our favorite show. I'm leaving her yeah. out. It was a uh, uh, that show, Born This Way. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our whole family absolutely loved that show. We were like kind of, we binged it, and we oh, were we addicted and so disappointed when it was not happening. I and, know. I mean, these became our best friends. Oh, we got so attached to so many of the characters. Online, it. of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> through, the, through, the t- through the TV. Yeah. And then, but it's, it was doing so much of what you're saying, it kind of like just put this familiarity and this like yeah. connection with these people that we were like, I want to know them. Right. I, and they, these people are wonderful, beautiful cool. people. And then to see your little, like, yes, you know, so, appearance on Yeah, there. then all of a sudden, there you were on the show with Eli, and we're like, boom, what we is going on? We were freaking out. I recognized Eli right off the bat. I was like, I recognize that little guy. How old was he when you guys were on that show? Oh, gosh. That was a while ago. Probably, like, he was probably about three. Okay. Wow. Tiny. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And was that a great experience for, I mean, I'm sure now has that been a help in just kind of raising the platform and raising, elevating the, these conversations? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, yeah, I love all the people on that show and just like learning from them, learning from their parents. It was just, yeah, it's such, such a cool opportunity and just, mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for it. And they did, those parents were powerful. They like, were inspirational. That, I mean, the kid, the, the young adult, the men and women were amazing, but mm-hmm. then to hear the parents, it was like, what a heart. Yeah. Is this something that we, is this, is this like, um, do, do we have things like that across America? Like born this way? Yeah, like that. I mean, like homes like that, um, opportunities like that, communities, communities yeah. like that. Is this was that homegrown or is that state sponsored or like how how did that all work? Yeah, so I you know every family that we've met has just been so incredible. I think you know obviously before we had Eli, we weren't exposed to the Down syndrome community, mm-hmm. so it's just sure. like it's just been so cool, like getting to know all these people and just like everyone just has just a heart of gold and it's just Mm. like it's just the most amazing community and I'm just I'm just so grateful but yeah all the all the families that were on the show are California based and I think that's just for ease of like filming um but yeah and obviously like you know we live in California so 
most of the families we are friends with are, in <laughs> are here. But as far as like the community goes, I mean, there's there's so many people worldwide that are just just so incredible. They're doing mm. it. They're doing it in their and, own way. And maybe that's something that I mean, I, I would like to ask, like, um, you know, is there is there support for you guys and for I mean, like f- from the state, from the you know, especially when we're talking about like we you mentioned yeah, wanna, private education. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you want to yeah. talk about that a bit, then no? yeah, that was something that I was curious about. I, you know, we've only lived now in the states, back in the states now three years, and so I wrote my paper for my degree. And again, don't let that make intimidate anyone because it was very basic. But my passion and what I was just so curious about, but it kind of opened this can of worms of mm-hmm. why don't we have special education in private schools? Why, as the school, I feel like you know, if we look back on history, like. It was the Christians, it was the church that started education, homeschooling, or, you know, schools, whether we were all in one classroom, or, like, we began school, and then, and and maybe, and and I kind of hit a wall a little bit, I think, here in California, and just in my research, and I know there's so much more I have to learn and want to understand, but is it purely a funding situation that we're dealing with that our private Christian schools that people pay a load of money to come to, to bring their children into like a safe space, a safe environment, a place where they're exposed to the biblical truths of the gospel or to the, or some kind of moral stance. You know, every kind of private school has their different, um, mm-hmm. you know, places. But when it comes to children with special needs, it is so frustrating that I don't understand why this is such a scarce or um, just it's just in my view and again I'm not claiming to see the whole and global or United States but it seems very very limited when it comes to Christian private schools that people pay money to go to there isn't that access and my heart is not necessarily even for the families with children with disability my heart grieves for the for the average student like what you're saying, Michelle, is they do not have exposure. So they live their whole life hearing Bible truths, but have never been exposed to anyone different from them. Economically, normally, usually racially, whatever. And so there's so many levels of that. So I'm, I'm going it's, on. No, I was okay. just, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. So yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Oh gosh. <laughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just opened a yeah, can she, of worms. She, I'm sorry. Yeah, she did. This is what she was waiting for to get to talk about. I was about. holding back. So, um, like I said, I, I love private school. I, mm-hmm. I loved my experience growing up. Um, we put our girls in a private school locally. Um, one of my daughters, she has um, several diagnoses. I would say the biggest one is probably ADHD. Okay. Um, she just did not fit in. And, mm-hmm. and I remember even, this was before Eli was born, and I remember thinking, this private school is like a box. And if you don't fit in that box, then you just, you just don't fit. And, and Mm -hmm. so we had some pretty awful things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, They, one day they duct taped her hand to a desk. Yeah. Um, And so, so yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, So we ended up, we pulled her out clearly. Yeah. And um, that's when I started homeschooling my girls. Um, And so so my mind was already like, what is going on? Why is this happening before we even had Eli? Wow. Okay. (laughs) And so so then once Eli came along, I was just like, it very grieved. It breaks my heart to think that he would not, he probably would not be welcome there. 
and you know they might say oh we want to welcome him but he he would not fit in the box that they've created mm -hmm. exactly. and obviously i would not want to expose him to anything like being duct taped no. <laughs> um or anything like that at the very but, least yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. but i think i th gosh so i i know that there are i have heard stories it's very rare but there are stories of people successfully having their child in a right. private school mm -hmm. where they are fully included i know that they right. also had to pay on top of the tuition they had to pay for you know an aid to be there okay. all day with their child so that we're talking like double <laughs> the amount wow. of money okay um so i know that it is possible but i mean obviously i i don't want to speak for a church or a school but it just seems like kind of what we were talking about before that just mm -hmm. this is the normal experience and this is mm -hmm. what you know this is what we're going to provide for our students here and if someone's different the word you know we're not comfortable with that so it's just not really welcome here okay and yeah. so right now eli is in a really awesome school it's a charter school okay their vision and their values are just full inclusion. So everyone's okay. included. Half the school speaks Spanish. Everyone right. learns ASL. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like, it's just such a cool thing, but it's missing the gospel. Right. And that breaks my heart. It's just so ironic. Yeah. To have the gospel and yet, and have inclusion, you know, and yet they have the inclusion. And what I'm always gospel. hearing though, and I'm not advocating this or saying it's right, but I'm always hearing it's a financial thing of like, well, public schools are allowed to provide aid that private schools are not. But what your point is, is that what if parents are willing to, I mean, it's tragic to have to pay that, but sometimes there's not much a, you know, maybe the, and yet they, and yet it doesn't seem to me like it's really emphasized very much. Like there doesn't even seem to be the possibility of that in in most uh, private education systems. It's kind of like, sorry, we can't help you. Go here. Yeah. One thing that's cool about the school that Eli is in is they don't even have any aides that come into the classroom. Oh. The way they they told me, like when we started kindergarten, I asked about it. I said, is that something like, what if he needs that? And they said, we see the other children in the class as his aides. Like if he needs help, that. they're going to be the peer tutor exactly. and they're going to come along and help him. And that, and at first I was like, oh, we'll see how this goes. But it's, <laughs> it's working. That's, That's amazing. So good. That's... And what a benefit to the, his classmates that oh they get the exposure. And everything we've been talking about. Wow. Yeah, these kids are going to grow up. And they're going to be the type of people that hire mm -hmm. people with disabilities. That's right, they because they see the benefit. They see yes. the value. Oh, their I best love friend this. was different this. and unique, and, and that's, that's everything. Wow. And, and so, how, how what are the grades for that? Like, what is the how how far does this go? Yeah, right now his school goes up to sixth grade. Okay, and so I know and, that they're looking to expand, but. And how many kids are in a class typically? So he Eli's in what? Is that second grade or first grade? First grade right now, and I think there's about okay. twenty kids in his class. Okay. Twenty okay. kids. And 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 if you don't mind me asking, twenty kids in the class, what's the breakdown of you said there's the Spanish speakers or is that is that like exclusively and they're learning English or is it like an immersion? How many kids um, are there others with Down syndrome besides Eli? What are, what's the breakdown? Yeah, there's several kids at the school with Down syndrome. No one else in his class has Down syndrome. And I would okay. say probably, um, I would say maybe 50% of the class is Spanish speaking. And oh, so like on the Zoom awesome. meeting, like you'll hear the teacher say it in English and then she'll say it in Spanish. Wow. And so like when we went Love to the that. Christmas program, 
and when he was in kindergarten it was the coolest thing because they sang the songs in spanish and english and they signed in asl and it was wow. just like oh, oh yeah, this is so oh, like, cool but oh, jesus is the center I mean, that's it's like everything the getting all everything. of it but that yeah that and that that was so much kind of my wow. conclusion and in, in my feeble attempt of, of studying and researching is i feel like a lot of our our charter schools and public schools are really mm-hmm. nailing it in a lot of aspects they really are they're understanding they're they're willing to kind of reach past that and yes i understand there are more complicated issues with you know government funding and training and i don't want to oversimplify i really don't but i do want to broach those conversations and being willing to have these uncomfortable topics and like just let's just let's just talk it out like we have the gospel we know that we know Jesus his heart was always for the marginalized it was always inclusion this is not a new concept this is not like a trendy new concept that we're about inclusion this has always been for Mm -hmm. me the gospel and inclusion are always simultaneous. It's never just like a new kind of like, oh, now we're just getting into that. No, that's always been the heart of Jesus as I understand it, as I understand his heart, as I'm learning his heart. So it's just how can we keep pressing that and having these conversations and advocating and even financially, I, I would love to know how what can we do to to ask our government or how can we, you know, is there avenues that we can do or is that just a personal, only like parents have to do their own advocating, but can we as a school do our, you know, I want to learn, you know? Right. I think like, so one thing that I've heard um, parents who have older kids say that I think is really cool. And this, this mainly just goes, they were saying this in light of like a public school education, but I could see this happening, you know, maybe we could start the conversation for private school, but they would say things like, go tell your principal that you want a child like Eli in your child's class so your child can be a better human being, (laughs) you know? And so what if if we started saying that at private schools? What if we started saying, we want diversity? Yes, (laughs) we We need it. We 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 need it. That are not, don't look exactly like my child. Yes. So my child can be opened up to what the world really looks like. That's right. That's you know? right. We're equipping we them. Yeah. That? What if we started, that. you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just brainstorming here, but what if <laughs> yeah. this, you know, what if we started a fund to like, mm. you know, pitch in and help out a parent who mm-hmm. needs, you know, a, an aid for their child mm-hmm. in the class or, I like that. you know, who, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's gotta be a solution, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we have to start somewhere and we have to start. Yeah. And this is the time, you know, you see there's so much like press right now for, and I don't mean like, uh, like, like on the news press, but like there's a push right now to acknowledge that disenfranchisement is covers a lot of, you know, We've had Black Lives Matter. We're mm-hmm. talking about Asian lives mattering, and you know, stop Asian hate now. And you today, we're talking about the importance of people who have unique learning experiences. Mm-hmm. How do we normalize that? How do we normalize that in our churches? How do we normalize that in the places where we have historically, as Christians, been the ones to connect to the disenfranchised mm-hmm. more than anyone? If it's not the hospitals, mm-hmm. it's the been orphanages. orphanages, it's been missions, mm-hmm. it's been schools, it's, and yet um, 
you know, as the more we did, then the state realized they need to get involved because there is an issue that's bigger than than any one church. But right. what happened is it kind of got taken over now by that. Mm-hmm. And we still have a place. Yeah, we do. And it doesn't have to be in... We don't have to compete against the state. We're not enemies with our government. Mm-hmm. We're not... And, and I think that's something that churches have to acknowledge. We're not... I'm not fighting against the culture of my government. There's things I agree with them and there's things I don't agree with them. There's things about me I still don't agree with in my <laughs> exactly. own life. So exactly. I don't need to get all on them when yeah. I'm still wrestling through my own. But, you know, this is our time to be advocating um, for this. You've, you've got a podcast. It's called Advocate Like a Mother. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for how long now? Yeah. Um, well, I started, I think it was in 2018, and then I stopped for a while. My mom was put on hospice, and there's just some oh. other things going on in our life that I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't yeah. right now. So we recently started up again. Um, so I think I think we have like 25 episodes out. Yeah, she's been listening to it, and I get to listen to it through her. And so anybody who's listening to this, I really want to encourage you to check out Advocate Like a Mother. Yeah. It's... Um, very meaningful conversations yes. that people need to hear. And if you're trying to get uncomfortable in a realm that you've never been a part of, yeah. this is a great podcast to jump in because you guys are incredibly just kind and thoughtful and it's engaging. You guys, it's a really good job. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. I mean, we've been talking here for almost an hour. I want to thank you for, I want to thank both of you. This is Aww, so fun. Thank you. I'm going to have you on more. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Michelle, thank you. thank you for being a part of this. It is, um, it's a conversation. And listen, we want to just personally not only thank you, but um, we want to keep gr- growing and learning from you. Yes, we do. So like I'm already planning my trip up to learn from this charter school too. Yeah, we're gonna go <laughs> I'm up coming there. up and yeah. and uh, we'll have to all get coffee and uh, we want to get to keep learning and growing and, uh, and yes. learning from you guys and learning from Eli. That's right. Yeah. I know. I already told you this podcast does not replace our coffee date. We still get to have one. We got to connect and spend time together. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a substitute. No, it's not a substitute. But thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for just being out there. Keep doing it. Please don't stop. I'm sure it can be tiring and wearying at times, but it's making a difference. It's yeah, thanks difference for not giving life. up, for yes. having hope. Your, the, yeah. your your whole platform is about hope, and that's yes, fantastic. Really, well, thank you. Thanks, thank you guys, and thank you for what you're doing. I think it's so important and so necessary just for people to be hearing these conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, thanks for Definitely. saying that. And um, All right, well, you guys, thanks for watching uh, this, la- this episode of Crossing Cultures. We've been joined by Michelle Sullivan. She's got a great podcast, Advocate Like a Mother. She's got an incredible, cute clothing line, Littlest Warrior, um, for her buddy Eli. And um, I get to be joined this this these last two episodes with my lovely wife, Joy. Uh, looking forward to the next conversation. So just uh, stay tuned and you'll be seeing more of our podcasts. Take care. Thank you for listening to Crossing Cultures. If you found value in the show, do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes or simply share the episode with a friend. And make sure to hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like to connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram at crossing.culture.